Today, I want to look at actually two or three questions, which are really very much all the same. And um, I want to do some readings, some readings from the Bible, rather than just one reading, because I want you to hear a thread. I want you to hear a flow of... um, these, uh, these readings, and just to hear Jesus' heart, and just let the Bible speak to you, okay? Let the Bible speak to you. So let me pray, and then I'm going to bring some readings through, through Matthew. Lord Jesus, just want to thank you for your presence here with us today. Thank you for the way that you're speaking to us. Thank you for the things that you have to say. Lord, we thank you for the the sweetness of your spirit, the gentleness, but also the power and authority that you have. Lord, we thank you for your word. We love it. We want, Lord, to receive more of your word into our lives. We want it to shape us and change us. So we pray, Lord, as we read your word and as we open it together, just for these moments, would you come again today? Speak to us. Holy Spirit, we say, you're so welcome. Give us ears to hear and hearts to respond and minds to respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start with uh, <clears throat> Matthew uh, chapter 6 uh, and verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. That's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Then on into Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. So that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him and said, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds of the waves obey him. Then there's a bigger reading, which I just want you to follow through, Matthew chapter 14. Jesus had heard about the death of John the Baptist, verse 13, and he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. 
Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. I love that. We have only here five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. Directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number who ate were about 5,000 men besides the women and the children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And then just one more in Matthew chapter 16, verse 5. Another time, the disciples were going across the lake. They forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Disciples discussed this among themselves and said, Is it because we didn't bring any bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand? I was not talking to you about bread. But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You can hear the questions coming through, can't you? The questions that Jesus was saying to them. Why do you worry? Why so afraid? Why do you doubt? 
But did you notice that each of them are combined with another phrase? Did you notice there's another phrase coming through there all the time? Did anybody spot it? Anybody want to say what it was? You of little faith. You of little faith. If he clothes the, 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 the birds and the fields like this, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, so do not worry. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? You of little faith, why did you doubt? You of little faith, why are you talking to yourselves about not having bread? Do you still not understand? Now, I don't believe that Jesus is directly condemning these disciples in these moments. You know, a form of, come on, get a, get a grip, you should just have more faith. Get some more faith. I don't believe that was Jesus' heart. I don't believe that's how he would have spoken to them. After all, Peter had just walked on water. I do always find it amazing. You know, he's just walked out on water. I was thinking about it even this morning as I got up and was praying through these words and thinking about it again. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, now I don't know if his fear blinded him from actually looking properly, or I was thinking this morning, maybe Jesus was just a really long way away. You know, it's quite, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come on the water, you know. He could have been that sort of distance. We don't really know. He says, yes, it is me. Come on. So Peter says, oh, I'm going to go for it then. And he walked on water. I mean, it's just astonishing, isn't it? And then Jesus says, you have little faith. What, what, what's going on there? What, what's happening there? He said, I don't believe Jesus is condemning. I don't believe he's crushing. But... What I do believe, and I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about, and to speak to me certainly about, is that he's pointing out that there is more. There is more. It's about growing. There is growing to be done. There is growing to be done. You have faith. You do believe. But it's little. It's weak. It's shallow. Um, as I was uh, preparing this morning, I just was suddenly reminded of the wonderful, one of my favorite verses. I asked John if he could just add it in. Um, in these, verse, these verses in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6, um, that just jump out at me again. Hebrews chapter 5, um, verse 11. I think that's where I said, didn't I? Yeah. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. It's little, little faith. Can you hear that same sort of, it's little. Anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is not acquainted with teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There's some training to be done. There's some growing. There's some muscle bulk to be put on. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ. I I just love this phrase. Always I come back to this. The elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death or faith in God, instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead. These are elemental. These are foundational. You should know these things. And we're going, wow, okay. 
And God permitting, we will do so. But do you hear that? Again, the writer to the Hebrews, there is this, this little faith. There's growing to be done. There's growing up to be done. There's, there's maturing. That's what I believe that, that Jesus is, is saying. Don't you know? Don't you understand? Have you not grasped? Have you not comprehended? But it's not, comp- it's not condemnation. It's an invitation. Come on. Seize this. Understand. And uh, that's what I, I leave the thread that the Lord wants to bring to us today. I also, and I also want to point out a couple of things that I think help us to exercise those muscles. And we'll come to that in just a moment. Why so afraid? Why did you doubt? Why did you not understand? I want you to grasp. I want you to comprehend. I want you to, to get hold of, understand who I am. That I'm in the boat. Don't you know who I am? I'm in the boat. Makes a difference. Who you are. You're now in Christ. It makes a difference. To understand who the Lord Jesus is. What he has done for us. To hear again about those, those boxes this morning. But the keys that have been given us in the kingdom. Things can be unlocked. Broken open. That... The kingdom of God is breaking in. That there's a new life that we've been given. That faith begins to be activated. It doesn't stay small. There's an invitation for that faith to grow and increase. To be activated. To be on display. To be on display. That others will notice it. Not least of which because that our actions and our reactions to things are different to the world around us. They're, they're, they're not the norm. So the world will be reacting in a certain way. Our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues will be reacting in a certain way. But we will be reacting, acting differently because of a life of faith. Because of an understanding of who we are and whose we are. Now, there is a comparison of great faith that's also in Matthew. And uh, I thought I'd give you a rest from Matthew just for a couple of moments, but I want to read some more uh, from Matthew. I love it. When you read a book of the Bible, look for those chains. Look for those threads. They're, they're great, aren't they, Paul? I'm sure you, you know that. But sometimes just get a book, find a thread early on, and then just follow and look for the thread. Uh, and you'll, you'll see this thread in Matthew for sure. This is given to us by Jesus. Jesus says, shows us an example of a really different kind of faith. It's his encounter with the Canaanite woman. Now, just so you understand, the Canaanites were Gentiles. They were far from God. Their history was one of uh, horrific pagan worship. I won't go into all the detail today, but it's gory. Um, it involved a great deal of, of, of sex and death and all sorts of things. That, that was their form of, of worship. They were real serious pagans. These were the Canaanites, the people from Canaan. Now, into that context, we then read Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Leaving that place where they'd been, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, a Canaanite woman from the vicinity, from that area, came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Now Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. 
He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request has been granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, some strong words of Jesus there. Forgive me, I don't have uh, time to go into all the reasons uh, why he spoke the way he did. But his calling at this time, his messianic calling, was to reveal himself to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people, that was his starting place. But obviously, as we know, Jesus' heart was for all. But there was a moment here where he's making a declaration. But this woman presses through. She knows who she is. She knows her background. She knows where she's come from. And she persists. She actively exercises the faith. She she knows he's Lord. She knows his history. She knows he's the son of David. She knows who he is. She's not going to let go. And she pursues. She pursues. And what Jesus clearly loves, he can't resist. Although there is this sense of almost resisting. He's resisting to a point. But he can't resist the maturity of this faith. He can't resist the maturity of her declaration and understanding and and perseverance. Woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. This This is no little faith. This is not little faith. This is a woman actively, passionately exercising a belief and an understanding and pursuing. Lord, you can do this. I know you can. I'm not letting go until I get an answer. I'm pushing through. I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a person of massive faith. I certainly exercise faith. I recognize it's a lifetime of growing and learning. But one thing I do know is this. The more you exercise faith, the more it grows. The more you exercise faith... As you step out in faith in a particular area, you think, I'm not sure, I'm just going to take a baby step. I'm going to take the little faith I have and I'm going to exercise it. I'm going to trust God. And, and then he comes in, doesn't he? He comes in on it, his provision or supply or answer in some way. And you think, ah, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to do another one then. And, and you exercise, and as you exercise that muscle of faith, it grows. And, and you think, I can't believe God for giving a hundred pound. I can't even imagine what it would be like to give away a hundred pound. But five pound, ten pound. Yeah, no, I can do that. I, I, that little faith, I believe that God will meet. And, and we do that. And whatever it might be. Or I can't ever imagine sharing the gospel with my colleague uh, at work. I can't imagine how that ever could possibly happen. Well, could you imagine chatting one day about the church, you know, or some event you went to at church? Well, possibly, maybe. And it's these little steps. And, the, and, and, and it grows. And you step out in faith. And God, God grows that. Now you have a story. Now you have a little bit of a track record. And you think, I can look back and remember. And we'll come to that again in just a moment. As you step out. But like any muscle, it has to keep being exercised. You have to keep exercising it. If you don't use it, uh, don't look at me too closely, but if you don't use it, it starts to get flabby. 
Okay, it starts to shrivel and it will waste away. And I'm very conscious, particularly at the age I am now, muscles have to be used because they disappear rapidly if you don't use them. Okay, so we have to keep using it. But the reality is there are many distractions, many distractions. You can easily find yourself taking your eyes off of Jesus. The world in which we live, there are more distractions today perhaps than ever before. Constant distractions all around us, not least in the social media world. And you can find yourself getting your eyes off of Jesus, or you can find those things that are coming in, the the cares of the world, the concerns of the world, the distractions, and you start to look at the wind and the waves. I loved what Les brought. Thank you, Les, for bringing that and how you shared. It was so helpful and building for us. But also the, the vulnerability that Les was just sharing there. You know, I've suddenly been told, you know, work situation's going to change. Now I could, I could, admit, I could get my eyes onto the wind and the waves. I could, I could go, what's going to happen? And, and will we have the same income that we had last term? And, and, but no, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to fix my eyes on the one who is my provider. Now I know that this couple, um, they didn't know I was going to say, but I know this couple have proved God over many, many years. They've put their faith in God many times. It's like, How's this going to happen? I'm sure you've got stories, you guys, haven't you? How is this going to happen? You know, we don't see where the next salary is coming from, where the next month. And yet you will have stories time and time again. The Lord has provided. The Lord has provided. But it's so easy, isn't it? It's like, oh, look at the size of the waves. You're walking on water. Yeah, but look at the waves. But the wind, you know, but you're walking on water. Look who's, look who's before you. Look who said, Come. And we, but we can get our eyes, can't we? Our focus can drift. Our focus can change. So I just want to take the, literally the last couple of moments and then I, I would like to take five minutes just as we finish to, to pray and an invitation for a prayer. And as, as uh, Susan said earlier, uh, just this whole thing about some of these boxes that maybe some of you would like prayer. So let's give a moment to that. But I... I just want to bring some practical shaping to this, okay, just for a, a couple of moments. What, what do we do then? What do we do? What, how, how, how do we orientate ourselves? What are the things that we need to be doing? Just uh, as I go into this, um, I was, uh, as some of you know, I, I quite avidly follow Twitter in different ways, mainly news items, but Christian leaders, I follow Christian leaders. And there was a great uh, tweet from Tim Keller um, on Friday afternoon, Um, that came, and it was this. Worrying is not believing God will get it right. Worrying, not believing God will get it right. And bitterness is believing God got it wrong. It's all right, Angus, don't worry. That's not your norm, so that's okay. No worry, that's all right, my friend. Worrying, not believing God got it right. I don't think God got that right. It's wrong. It's not, you know, not believing God got it wrong. Bitterness is believing God got it wrong. We can get bitter. You got that wrong. So just hear that one. But I got some P's, okay? Perspective, provision, power. These are some things that I, I think are helpful to us. Perspective. The birds, look at the birds 
Look at the flowers, look at the fields. Now, I know there's a bit of a challenge for some of us with the, with the, <laughs> the straw-like garden. Don't look at your grass just at the minute, although. But the key phrase in all of that, if your heavenly Father, are you not much more valuable than they? You are the pinnacle of his creation. You are the pinnacle of his creation. Our Heavenly Father wants us to know how valuable we are to Him. I want you again to hear today, you are valuable to the Father. You are the pinnacle of His creation. If He feeds the birds of the air and clothes the flowers of the field that are here today and fried up by the sun tomorrow, how much more, Jesus says, How much more will your heavenly Father provide for you? We need to get that perspective right. So one of the things I want to encourage you as you're out and about, particularly on this beautiful island, as you're looking around, you're enjoying the sun, you're enjoying the views and so on and so forth. One of the things we need to constantly do is to say, to get that perspective, this is wonderful, yes, but then how much more God loves me? How much more does God love my family, my colleagues, my friends? We look at the beauty around us, we look at the wonder and we say, wow, look at that. Yes, but how much more? So it's that perspective. But it's also linked up with provision, is that if God will provide there, then how much more does he provide and long to provide for you? As we know and understand our value and our worth before him, it's understanding if, if the sparrow uh, is valued by God, if the, the plants of the field are valued by God, how much more, how much more are you valued and cared for and loved by him? So I, I want to say to you constantly as we think about things that concern us, worries, anxieties, fears, doubts, all of those questions that that Jesus is asking, one of the things is about getting our, our eyes right. What are we looking at in terms of both physically but also spiritually? Where are we fixed in terms of where we're looking? And that's one of the things we need to constantly do. No, get my eyes off of that and onto Jesus. I could start immediately looking at what's the finances going to look like or or what's this health situation going to look like. But Lord, I'm going to choose by faith to grow that muscle. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to come to your word and read and where it says, if, then how much more? And I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to read it daily. If, then how much more? I'm going to look at and I'm going to say um, one of the things that... um, Dave Norris got me onto was, uh, I think it's, I forget what it's called, Island Nature or whatever. But people just post pictures of things that they're seeing on the island. There's some stunning butterflies and moths this year, incredible ones, just around about on the island. You look at that and you go, wow, look at that, it's amazing. But then the word of the Lord comes, yes, but how much more? How much more? How much more? So that perspective, that's what we, we need to, and the provision of God. Now I want to give you just a very practical moment. It's one of the reasons I read all these scriptures in a particular way. But Jesus models something to us right here that I want us just to highlight. Um, if John can just put up again, Matthew 14 verse 9. This was something. Did you see this? 
I almost read it on purpose in a particular way. You know, you feed them. <laughs> you feed them. I love it when he says to them, you feed them. He knew, he knew. Another, another writer says he knew what he was going to do. But he says, you feed them. What were you going to feed them with? We've got five loaves and two small fish, you know. No, you feed them. What does he do? See the three things here. Looking up to heaven, gave thanks, and broke it. Looking up to heaven, gave thanks, and broke it. Now, remember, I'm, I'm just wanting to give some practical tools. Worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, concern. What does Jesus do in this moment? Again, think about perspective. Think about provision. What does he do? First of all, he takes five loaves. 5,000 Besides women and children. So, I mean, let's be conservative. How many were there? 10,000? We don't know, do we? That community, they travelled in families. They went everywhere in families. There was a lot of people there. Five loaves and two fish. Looking up to heaven. Next week, we're going to start with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven. Perspective. Our Father who is in heaven. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Where is our focus? Brothers and sisters, again, I want us to come, just like Les, I could get into fear. Where's your focus? You say, what about this, Lord? What about the future? I've only got five loaves and two fish. I'm thinking of an old song I used to sing, like Five Loaves and Two Small Fish. It's going around in my head. I used to sing it when my, little, my girls were little. Um, but whether they were small or not, I don't know. But anyway, it was small with this amount of people. We've only, this is all we've got. I've got this debt. I've, I've got this illness. I've got this concern. I've got this family situation. I've got this job situation. I've, all I've got is five loaves looking up to heaven. Because you see, what that does is it brings a different perspective. I don't look at the small thing in my hand. I look at the mighty God in heaven. I know it's warm today, but come on, guys. Come with me. I'm not feeling very well, so you've got to pull it out of me today. Come on. Sometimes our perspective... I've only got looking up to heaven. Ah, oh yeah. Different perspective. Different perspective. Heavenly Father. I'll do myself out of a sermon for next week if I'm not careful. Anyway. Then what's he do? Gave thanks. You know, quite often, this is all I've got. We forget to give thanks for what we have got. Just uh, hearing lots of reports coming back from Donna as she comes back from Burundi. Looking forward, hopefully we can get Donna to come and share with us again at some point. It would be good. But when you hear some of the stories, and maybe some of you are aware and following her on her, her Facebook page, but you see, you, you, we have no idea what we have relative to most of the world, certainly many parts of the world. And yet we can find ourselves, even with all our luxury, and we, are, we all have luxury, even with all that we have, we can look at and we can say, oh, it's just so small. But we look up and we get a different perspective. But also, I want to say to us, we need to give thanks for what we have. 
This is what I have. Well, give thank, thank you, Lord, for what I do have. And then I want to say to you, the third bit is the really important bit. He broke it. He broke it. That's the challenge. Because we can sometimes find ourselves saying, this is all I have. So I don't want to break it. I don't want to distribute it. I don't want to give it to others. Because I've only just about got enough for myself. But what does Jesus do? He looks up to heaven. He gives thanks. Acknowledges, in that sense, a dependence upon God. A dependence. But then I want to say to us, we need to be prepared to share what we have. To break it. To give it away. To distribute it. And see what God will do. Many of you will have stories down through the years, stories of, okay, can I do this? Do you remember we said a couple of weeks ago we were talking about giving and that phrase that for me, just for me personally, I felt God challenged me. I can't afford to give. And God changed my heart. He shifted my thinking. I can't afford not to give. Actually, I can't afford it. This is all I've got. Hang on, get the perspective Now break it. Give it away and see. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? I need to rush on. I got into a roll now and now the time's run run out. (laughs) Power. I I won't mention much about power today. Power is a massive subject. But power to change circumstances, even the weather. Okay? Even the weather. Uh, I I never know about weather prayers, whether to pray them or not. But because uh, for one person praying for rain, another person's praying for sunshine. Um, so, but what we need to know is who's in the boat? Who's in the boat? You're in this circumstance, and you go, look at the wind and the waves. Don't you've forgotten who's in the boat with you? Remember who's in the boat. And this theme of remembering, Matthew 16. Don't you remember? The five loaves and how much was left over. The seven loaves and how much was left over. We're very quick to forget what the Lord has done. Strong encouragement to look back and see what the Lord has already done. And the Lord Jesus himself is saying, look back and remember. I want to encourage you, if you're not someone who writes a journal or takes a note, even from today, just every time that you pray and God begins to answer, just make a note of it. Now some of you will have been doing that for years. I want to encourage you, go back every now and again and look and see what God has done. It's one of the things I always do, certainly in January. But over the years... At significant moments and significant times, I will write down. And often what I write down is, I don't know how this is going to happen. So, moving to Swindon many years ago, I had a whole series. I don't know how, how are we going to find a house, are we going to find a school for our girls, and all of these things. As I was coming, Jackie and I were coming here to, 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 to the Isle of Wight, we had a series of them at the beginning. I don't know how. I don't know how. But then underneath, as the months and weeks go by, God answers, doors open, windows open, supply comes, and you write in there, this is how it happened, this is how it happened, this is how it happened. And I go back now, and I read it, and I go, wow. And particularly for you, Les, I just feel, thank you for sharing, so you're getting my, my focus as well. But it's, it's like I want to say to you this week, look back. Because I know you'll have noted things, whether in here or down there, written it down there. But look back, look back to 76 or, you know, 
whenever. Look back to 80-something and see. Remind yourself again. Lord, this is what you did. I know you did it then and I know you can do it again. Jesus said, have you forgotten so quickly? Did you not see five loaves, 5,000 plus women and children, 10,000 people, not only were they all fed, which means they got seconds, it says they were all satisfied. They didn't just have a little bit like we tear off for the communion, you know, that tiny little bit of bread. They were all satisfied. So the big blokes got seconds, okay? And there was still how many baskets left over that they picked up afterwards? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? We can so quickly get into fear, worry, anxiety. How are we going to grow? How are we going to grow this little faith? One of the ways is by perspective. Another is by where we're looking. Another is to remember. Remember. Go back. Revisit. Remind. Give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for what you did in 94. Thank you, Lord, for what you did last month. Thank you for what you did yesterday. I come to you again today. Let me just read Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, right from where the priests are standing. Carry them over with you and put them down in the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he'd appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children asked, What do those stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Some of us need, maybe you need to start a pile of stones. I don't know. In your garden, <laughs> somewhere. But some of us will have memorials. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a, a figurine or an item. Maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a painting. Some of you have some memorials. I want to encourage you, get those memorials out again and have a look at them. What do they mean? What do they say? What do they speak of? What do they speak of? Get that perspective right. Lord, this is what you did. We're going to remember and we're going to tell our children, we're going to tell our grandchildren. So our children grow up knowing we didn't know. We had five loaves and two fish. We didn't know, but we gave it to the Lord. We broke it, and look what the Lord has done. Can you stand with me?